Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 906 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's show is with a type one named Katie, and she's here today to discuss the postpartum depression that she experienced after the birth of her child. There are some sensitive issues in this episode. Please be aware of that. Also, remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Now, if you have type 1 diabetes or are the caregiver of someone with type 1 diabetes and a U.S. resident, completing the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox will help other people living with type 1 may actually help you too. It's definitely going to help the podcast. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. You from your home in about 10 minutes can help move type 1 diabetes research forward at T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. All you have to do is complete the survey. It is completely HIPAA compliant and absolutely anonymous. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Um, it is a little early for me too, so. Oh, don't worry. This is the earliest I've been up in a while to do the podcast. <laughs> I was, I, about a half an hour ago, I was, I was looking at the shower and I'm like, I'm like, get in, get in the shower. Get it. <laughs> so anyway, all right, you go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay. My name is Katie. I am a type one diabetic and have been for about five years almost now. And I have a little girl who is two. How old are you, Katie? I am 26. I'll be 27 in July. Oh, wow. You got, you got diabetes when you were 21. Ew. Yeah, 20, I was 20, I think I just, a couple months after I turned 22, 22. so it was definitely later. Yeah, how old's your baby? He is going to turn two tomorrow. Oh, happy birthday, that's wonderful. Um, married? Yes, married, and then we actually are due with our second little girl in June, first week of June. Are you, how, how far along are you right now? 30 weeks. So our duty is six six, but they said probably a week to two weeks early though. Wow, to induce wow, me, depending wow. on how things go. Oh well, congratulations! So now I'm glad. So when when we were supposed to record this originally, you weren't pregnant. Nope, I was not. I had well. So when we set it up, I had had my daughter like six months before, but then I mean we were scheduled like six months later, and then it's been about a year since we rescheduled. Yeah, did the disappointment of not being able to be on the podcast make you like just decide like, wow, I've got to make some big life changes. I'm going to have another baby or did I not have anything to do with it at all? No, it was more of just like, so my husband comes from a big family, so he definitely wanted to have more kids. And me and my brother were more like three and a half years. And it just seemed like a big gap when we were never in the same schools or anything. So we wanted to try to have them a little bit closer. So it's so interesting yeah. where people's um, ideas come from. Like you had an experience where you were farther apart and it made you think, oh, I wish the kids were closer in age. And I had an experience where there wasn't enough time for everybody. So I thought, well, let me spread my kids out so that I can focus on them more clearly. It, and, and it's, there's no right answer. It's just the thing that that occurs to you based on the thing that happened to you. It's really, yeah. And my, yeah, my husband's kind of the same way. His little, his like brother, that's like next. So he's the oldest. And then his brother is the next oldest there. They were 18 months apart and he's like, we loved it. We were always in the same schools and doing stuff together. And so we just kind of went that route, but oh, cool. yeah, I was, we're at least two years apart. I was like, I don't think we're going to try for the 18 months or anything crazy like that. <laughs> it's pretty, it sounds pretty close to me. Um, do you know what you're having? You have a boy now. Do you know what this one is? 
We have a girl now, and we're oh, going to have another girl. I'm sorry. I misheard you then. Uh, two, oh, two little girls. That's beautiful. Um, okay. So why were you coming on last time? So last time I had messaged you because I was pregnant with my first daughter along with the pregnancy series, kind of. It was like a little bit ahead when I, of when I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Can't remember her name, but they were so helpful. And it was so nice to like go into pregnancy understanding like what to expect and have some sort of like, I don't know, idea of what I was getting myself into with diabetes because I was obviously diagnosed kind of later. So I hadn't been doing this my whole life. Right. And then everything was great. I had worked with Jenny even and then left the hospital, had my little girl. She was super healthy. Everything was great. And then it was like three months later, maybe three or four months later, like we were just going about life and everything. And I ended up having postpartum depression really bad. And it just kind of like blindsided me Hmm. to the point where like no one mentioned like, you know, after leaving the hospital, like they all talk about the baby blues and everything. No one really ever said to me that like, oh no, you know, in a couple months, like this could happen or no follow-ups, no doctors ever mentioned it or anything. And so, I don't know, I just felt like it could be a good yeah, thing to add to the, like, pregnancy series because, like, everything else I was, like, you know, kind of expecting ready to manage. But that one totally, well, it blindsided me in general just to have it and to deal with it. But then, like, the diabetes was just, like, out the window. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I had a, a three-month-old at the time. Right. And, and you hadn't had type 1 that long either. So is it a case where... Like the second day after the baby arrived, you're like, I, I don't feel blue at all. I did it. I'm not going to have put like, you just feel like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. And is that, is that it? Did you expect that if you were going to have postpartum, that it would just hit you immediately? I guess so. I mean, I didn't really expect, I didn't really have too many expectations around it, but like I had her and then like we left like the two days later and they sent you home with a worksheet and they're like, fill it out in a week. And it's like, you know, check in how you're feeling or whatever. And then you go to your six-week appointment. They didn't even mention it or ask anything at my OB appointment around it. And so, like, and everything had been good. So, like, we just were, like, she was healthy. And we were kind of settling in. And then it just kind of crept out of nowhere. Like, Did and it, I just didn't know that it could, like, hit you so many months later. Because yeah. I had heard about the baby blues and kind of, you know, they sent you home. Hey, fill this out in four or five days. So, yeah. Um, okay. So two things, and I hate to do this. Can we try this without your headphones real quick? Yeah, no problem. Thanks. And then I'm going to ask my question. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, actually you're louder. I think we're going to go with this. Okay. All right. Um, I, I think we'll see for a second. Let me ask my question. I'll let you answer it. Then I'll decide. Um, did you see it coming or did it creep up very slowly or was it just one day you were like, Oh hell, I feel like depressed. Um, it came on slowly. I think I, it started with me like becoming a little bit more anxious, like especially around my daughter and my husband. And then it kind of led to more like noticeable stuff. And then it was kind of finally like I had it like, and my husband had noticed that like things were off, but I mean, we're still adjusting to life with new baby. And I had been home by myself with her on my maternity leave and everything. And then it finally just kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, I am in way over my head and I don't know what's happening and I don't know what to do. Hmm. Tell me, tell me about anxious around my husband and my daughter. What did, what did that feel like? How did it manifest? It started pretty small, like things with my daughter. Like I just would feel like, you know, am I not playing with her in the right way or playing with her enough? Or I remember very clearly, it was like a little bit later on, but it was like, we were sitting there. I mean, she's like tiny. So I just had her on a blanket and we were just hanging out and I got up to do something like grab the phone or whatever. And I came back and like, I noticed a little red mark on her arm and I was like, did a bug biter and I'm like looking all over and I'm like, there's no bugs like in the house that I can think of. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like we've had a bug problem. Mm -hmm. Like I started just kind of spiraling off of that. Like if I hadn't have left her alone for that 30 seconds or whatever it was, 
And like, okay, well, what happens now? Like, is she going to get super sick? Is it like, what bitter? Was it a spider? And you know what I mean? Like that kind of just like spiral I couldn't get out of. And it was with everything. And and once it was there, it it touched everything? Well, yeah, because like, and my husband is a police officer. So that, I mean, is already kind of like, you know, a scary thing, Mm -hmm. especially in the time that everything was going on with COVID and all the different protests and different stuff going on. But, and so it was like outside of like just normal worry for him. It was like, I mean, we lived in a city too. So like you hear pop sirens and ambulances all the time. And literally every time I heard one, I would just be waiting for somebody to come knock at my door to tell me that he wasn't coming home, like just spiraling to worst case scenario. And I could not stop myself and like reason with it at all. Prior to giving birth, had you ever felt like that before? Um, I had felt like it a few times. Um, he When he started the department as like a brand new cop within, I want to say probably like the first, I know it was within the first year, they actually lost somebody, an officer on duty that was on his squad. So it kind of hit really close to home really soon. Um, and so like the thought had crossed my mind, but it wasn't like every time I heard a siren or every time I heard anything sure. that like, that's where I would go um, until the kind of the postpartum depression started sinking in. And it was just like, it was almost like I couldn't function without like being worried about somebody or something happening. Oh, oh, that's interesting. So um little bite on your, on your daughter turns into, I only walked away for a second. Now I can't walk away anymore. And mm-hmm. what about this over here? This might hurt her. Or are we, not, did it go into everything where you're like, uh, uh, you know, we have to start a, I don't know, we have to start a college fund right now and I can't afford it. We're buying the wrong foods. We don't live in the right place. Did it just overwhelm you like that? Yeah, it did. And it, and it was things that like, it was more of like, I didn't even notice like until I started like getting help and trying to figure it out. But like, you know, you see, especially now there's so many like parenting things online. And every time I saw something new or, you know, this is the best way to feed your kids or this is how the schedule you should be on. Like, it just made me feel like, oh my gosh, we are doing something so wrong. Like we need to figure out how to do this and what is going to happen if we don't figure this out kind of thing. Would it, this is a question I don't know if you'll have the answer to or not, but I was just talking to someone yesterday, um, a younger person, their thing has nothing to do with your thing. But I found myself asking them, are you being impacted by social media too much? By the by our ability to take in so much information from so many different perspectives. Like, like if you were just at home and your husband was at work and I don't know, you maybe had a job or you were staying home with a baby or your, your circle was smaller like that. Do you think you would have known about all the things that you should be upset about? Like quote unquote upset about, or was it outside influences that were showing you this is the right way to do this and this is the right way to do that. And then that becomes overwhelming too. I think it played a part in it, but like, I mean, like the bug bite, like that, you know, everybody gets bug bites, but then you're like looking at this little tiny baby and it just felt consuming. But then when I would be on social media, it just kind of like added to that Mm -hmm. and kind of made it even more difficult. But I don't think like if I had never been on social media, like it wouldn't have happened. Do you have a bunch of, of things now, like stuff you bought because you thought you needed it? No, and it wasn't, it wasn't even as much of like buying things as much as like feeling like I was going to do something wrong or I didn't do it the right way or good enough mm-hmm. and it was going to impact her. And that, and so, where where does that, because that there's nothing intrinsically wrong with the idea that I want to do the right thing, right? So that's not the problem. The problem is what? That it's intrusive, that it doesn't go away, that it spreads to everything. Like, where does it actually become troublesome? It became troublesome when, like, it would send me, like, spiraling to the point where, like, like, back to the bug bite, just because, like, that one I was so distinctly remember was, like, I was, like, literally on the floor crying because I felt like such an awful mom because I had left her for that 30 seconds for that to happen. To the point where, like, it was just, like, everything became that big of a deal 
in like to me that it was hard to function. And you couldn't put it down afterwards. No, I couldn't. Well, and it was like, you know, even if like my husband would be like, she's totally fine. Look, it's not even red anymore. And like, we'd move on like two days later, I would still like be carrying it with me. Mm -hmm. Even if like we moved on with like the next thing that day or whatever. Did the things or the, when those things happen, big or small, did they pile up or did they feel like separate incidences? Like, like, did you, when you thought about them, were you like, oh, there was the bug bite thing and there was this thing and that thing and they seemed separate or was it just a feeling of like, see, I'm screwing everything up, like, like a more combined feeling? It was more of like a combined feeling. Um, and like, I mean, we're about to go into it again, but left with a newborn is you schedules aren't what they should be and they're not sleeping through the night or napping as long as they, you want them to, or, you know, like, so all of that felt like it was my fault and I wasn't doing it correctly. And that's why it was all happening. Can I ask you what kind of mom you have? Like, did you have one of those moms where you're like, my mom did everything right and everything looked great? Or was she like a hot mess or somewhere in between? Somewhere in between. I wouldn't say like she did everything right all the time, but like she was the mom, like she was the mom that was taking us to like soccer practice and like our house was the house to hang out at. And so like she, but she wasn't perfect either. And it didn't like feel like she was trying to be either. So like we were kind of somewhere in between, but it did feel like, you know, hmm. I was we just were really Right. I was wondering if you had some like shining beacon of an example and you were trying to do that too. Um, did you ask for help during this? Kind of. I, it was hard to ask for help because at the same time, like I didn't know what was wrong and I didn't know what I needed, I guess, because like it started with just like these like feelings of, you know, anxiety and like worry and stress. And I was obviously already tired and just like feeling not good enough. But then it really, I really started to spiral to the point where I was just like, you know, maybe they'd be better off without me. Like I could just walk out the front door and never come back type thing. And then, and just kind of got worse from there. And so my husband kept asking me like, well, you know, what's going on? Like just a long day when he got home from work and I just couldn't really put it into words at the time or know what to ask for or what I needed. And then it got to the point where, um, it's even hard to say, even <laughs> but, um, my husband had taken my daughter somewhere just like to give me a break. And obviously he's a police officer and I, had had the thought before. I'm like, you know, there's weapons in the house. And then like, I tried to just like brush them off or whatever, but I was literally standing like at his stand, like that we keep like in a separate room of like all of his gear and just looking at him like, you know, I could take his gun out right now and this could just all be over and I could just, she'd be with her dad and everything would be good. And I could just like be done. And like, that was a super scary moment for me. And so after that, that's kind of where I was just like, I kind of like, it hit me that like, something really big and outside of like normal is going on and I needed help. Had you had a plan to kill yourself ever in your life? When you have diabetes and use insulin, low blood sugar can happen when you don't expect it. Gvoke Hypopen is a ready to use glucagon option that can treat very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages two and above. Find out more. Go to gvoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with pheochromocytoma or insulinoma. Visit gvoglucagon.com slash risk. No, I had not. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even like a plan. I just, I don't even really like remember like deciding to go do it, like to go in there or anything. And I just kind of ended up in there and it was just like, there I was kind of, it was weird. Yeah. When it, when that happened, it's very, 
very kind of you to share that with everybody, by the way. Um, and I didn't expect to have this many emotions. I haven't been awake for an hour yet today. Just like flooded me. My skin got hot while you were talking. And you kind of like curled up for a second, like you were going to spring forward. And I was like, what is she going to say? And that was really very honest. So thank you. Um, you, okay. So you have that thought and it's, like in hindsight, it's a, it's a thought of escape, right? It's I'm trapped in a corner. I can't find my way out. There's, I just can't. And you start seeing yourself as another thing that might be hurting the structure of your family or your baby. Is that yeah. Right? And yeah. it just felt like, yeah, it just needed a way out, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. like I had had like the previous thoughts of like, you know, I could just like walk out the front door. Mm. Like, and, you know, 20 minutes before my husband always gets home at this time, you know, I'll just leave her in her crib. She'd be safe and I could just walk away and be done. And so, I mean, obviously that escalated. But, yeah, it was just kind of that feeling of, like, I'm not helping and, like, I'm creating problems. Right. And, oh, wow, that's really, that's really something. And you're you're so young still, too. Like, it's just, it's a lot, you know. I, I wanted to ask after after your daughter was born, how were your blood sugars? Right after delivery, um, I obviously cut back on my insulin like a ton and for the most part was doing well. I mean, I had some lows. Um, I was breastfeeding, which kind of threw another like variable into it, but they were kind of going back to normal. I mean, we were a couple months in at that point. So life had kind of kind of like studied out and we were getting into a routine. So nothing like you weren't crazy. spiking or dropping real drastically or always high or always low or anything like that. No, I was still adjusting to like the demands of a newborn in life around her. And so sometimes I would like bolus and be planning to eat and then she'd wake up. So I'd rush to her and be like, Oh shoot, I didn't eat. And now I'm low kind of things, but it wasn't like a constant thing before. And then and even during, like, I was still managing to an extent, but, like, I was, I had just put me, like, so far back on the list of things that, like, I cared about or, like, prioritized that, like, it just kind of fell away that I did the bare minimum to not be, like, super high all the time, but I wasn't pre-bolusing or counting carbs. I was just like, yeah, that looks like it's maybe 50 carbs. Who knows? Okay. We're sitting down to eat and I'll just eat it. All right. I just wanted to make sure you weren't bouncing all over the place at this. And I just was checking. Um, I asked you earlier, did you ask for help? And I should have also asked, did you know you needed help in the beginning when it started? Like, were you even aware there was an issue or is it a thing that's happening? And I don't know what to say. Like, almost like, you know, when you're getting sick and like the first day, you can look back and say, oh, I was getting sick on Monday. I didn't feel well on Tuesday. It wasn't until Wednesday I realized I was sick. Like, was it happening and you weren't aware of it? Or was it happening and you were like, oh, this is wrong. I need this to stop, but not enough to know I should go to another person. Like, and your husband, I imagine, is doing, like, he's doing the thing I would have done. I would have been like, you all right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Looking back, I could see, like, that it started probably like when she was like three or four months. And then I want to say it was probably around six months, maybe when like I got to the point where I was as bad as I was. And I was like, okay, now I like, I need help. But in the meantime, like I was a new mom. Like I was just thinking that I was just not able to like meet the the, like needs of a newborn. Like maybe I just wasn't cut out for this. Never in my head was like, I thinking like, oh, this could be like postpartum depression coming on or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Nowhere. There wasn't a world where you would have called your mother and said, hey, I don't feel like I'm doing a good job here or no, no. Uh, Mm -mm. it wasn't ever like, and I mean, like a few things had happened, like, you know, just adjusting to like newborn stuff where I was like, I called my mom and I was like, hey, she seems like she's sleeping like a ton today. Like, is this normal? Should I be worried about it kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And she would be like, you know, no, or try this or, you know, just don't make her so comfortable or whatever. Just like adjusting to life with a newborn kind of things, but never like calling to be like, I think something might be wrong with me or I'm not doing this right or something else is going on. Yeah. Like it never. 
like I said, until like I was in that moment, like it never even really occurred to me that like something else was happening. Yeah. No, I, I think I understand. Is there in hindsight, can you look back and tell me what would have helped you in that moment? Honestly, I, I mean, I ended up, well, so when we first, when I first had started, like went to my husband and I was like, look, I need help. I was like, I didn't know what I needed. And he's like, of course he's a cop, which he's like so good hearted, but he's like, you know, I can take you to the hospital right now. And I'm like, you're going to go lock me up and make me a crazy person. Like, no, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like that was like the feeling that I got. So I was like, you know what? No, I'm fine. And so it took us like a week or two to kind of like figure things out. And through his department, they do, they have like a family therapist and different things. And so I ended up going there and then they're like, you know, we'll just kind of try to work through it and see. And then, you know, I don't know if you're going to need to be on medication or not, because that was something I didn't necessarily want to do. Um, I have my pilot's license, um, just like to fly for myself, not like for an airline or anything, but they're very strict on like medications and different things. So I was very wary of doing that and putting even like more possible issues in the way of getting my medical, um, on top of the type one diabetes and things. Um, but even after trying to, or going to the therapy for a while and stuff, like it just got to a point where even my therapist was like, you just need to go get on some medication with your doctor to like really start helping get through this. Yeah. So I don't think there was anything like my husband could have done differently or I could have like changed. Like I just needed to get on the medication and get some help and kind of work through it. And you did that? Yeah, it was not an easy, like I said, I really didn't want to do it. Sure. And then I even like said, okay, I'll go see like the therapist or whatever and talk to him. And then like we made the appointment and then the morning of, I was like, I didn't want to go. I just felt like that made me, I don't know. It made it like official that something was wrong with me and I was doing something wrong rather than just like it was in my head. So even though it, even though you weren't doing physically doing something wrong, like it wasn't like, it wasn't like I held up two cards in front of me and one was red and one was green. And I said, which one's red? And you pointed to the green one, right? Like it, but it, it felt like you were doing something wrong. Yeah. And it just felt like I wasn't. I wasn't doing things correctly. Like I wasn't like living up to be a good mom. Like I wasn't meeting, I guess, what like I thought in my head a good mom was or a good wife or like, does that make sense? Like it was just like I, and then actually going was like admitting it. Like I'm not good enough and all of that kind of feelings. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, obviously I don't, I can't know your situation, but for me, it was, um, I'm going to let everybody down. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to stand up to my responsibilities. Everybody's going to be hurt when I don't do the thing I'm supposed to do. Um, and I don't know what the thing is I'm supposed to do. It, it isn't until you're, if you're lucky, until you're older and you have more experiences that you can realize that there's no right thing to do. You, you know, it's... um. Yeah. You're just sort of life is like you're just like paddling down a stream, right? And you can't plot it out before you get in the boat uh, because there'll be rocks where you don't expect and the stream will split in different places. And so you just you just live and react. And if you're still in the boat, you won, you, you know, and um, it, it, no one tells you that no one tells you there's not a right way to live. Um, and that that's tough because really you're watching you, you're having very normal reactions that are just magnified so big that they're not manageable. And um, like, you know what I mean? Like it's the postpartum that like just ramps everything up because there's nothing wrong with thinking, oh, I walked away from the kid. The kid got bit by something. Uh, Maybe I won't do that again. You know what I mean? Like, and then just move on and move on. Or, you know, but you, or I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I mean, I never knew. I, I'll tell you, Katie, the day Cole was born, the nurse came in with him a couple hours later. He was born kind of cold, like, so they had to warm him up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's gone for a couple of hours. And they brought him into the room. 
and they wheeled him in on like one of these little like I don't know. It's like a, it's like a I don't, I don't even know what to say. It's like a bassinet, but up on top of a rolling like piece of furniture. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. And they roll him in, and you're like, oh, the baby's here. And it didn't take two seconds. Like I looked at my wife, and we were both like, hey, 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 easy. Where's she going? Because she turned around, she's like, enjoy the baby. And we were like, whoa, like we actually said, where are you going? And, and she's like, well, you know, she can spend time with the baby. I'm like, we don't, I, I think what I, I trying to be funny. I said, you don't know us, but you might be breaking a law leaving that baby with us. Like, I, like, we're not, we don't. And she goes, oh, you'll be fine. And then she just left. And we were fine. But I wasn't depressed while I was trying to do it. You know what I mean? So, um, but every feeling you've described so far, everyone knows those feelings. Just not everyone gets them in a moment when they, they aren't as clear minded as they would be in a normal situation. So, so the medication, did it help you? Yeah. And so I had been going to, um, this like therapist that they do through my husband's department and they do some of like different behavioral therapy and different things. And I was like super skeptical. And then, you know, I just assumed they'd be like, here, take medication. Um, and that's not the case. Like, but when I did go in, they were like, okay, like I obviously was like a mess at that point. I didn't even want to go. I went in and of course they like have, they had you fill out a survey online and he's like looking at the results and he's like, you know, starts talking to me about it. And I just kind of like completely broke down. He's like, there's something seriously going on. And this is like, so outside of your control. And that was the first time that it like occurred to me that like, it wasn't my fault or it wasn't like something that I did. Right. And so he was like, you know, a lot of people actually have it happen, you know, more like three to six months after the baby rather than, you know, two to three weeks, like the baby blues or right after, which was something I had never heard. I mean, I didn't know tons about postpartum depression and stuff, but it was something that like I had never even occurred to me. And so we had done some different things and I was meeting with him. I think it was maybe twice a week or once a week for a little while. And it was just to the point where like I would start to feel better. And then by the time I came back, something had happened. And I mean, our lives are my, me and my husband live a crazy life. It seems like we always have something going on or changing. And so something would happen. It would just like put me right back to the start. And then it was kind of to the point where he's like, okay, you know, call your doctor, which I, it worked out, but he's like, just call your doctor right now and say like, you need to come in and you need to get on something. And for some reason, that was like a really hard thing for me to even ask for or do. And so I did it in his office, like as I was bawling and they got me in that same day and he's like, it'll take a little while to work. But even in the first couple of weeks, like I noticed it felt kind of like a weight lifted off. Like, and we ended up even increasing my dose later on just to kind of help get back to like a normal steady state. Mm -hmm. But it was something I had fought for a while because part of it was from just like my aviation and getting my medical. And part of it was just like, you know, I don't want to go on this and be on it forever. And it felt like just doing therapy, I could fix it myself. But then having to take that extra step felt like it still kind of felt like I was failing and I didn't yeah. do enough the right way to avoid it. You're doing a very good job of explaining this. Thank you. Um, would they give you something like Wellbutrin? Um, it was Zoloft. Zoloft. How long were you on it for? I was actually on it for a year. And so that, which I am kind of upset uh, or I, I'm not upset about it. I wish my OB would have been better about it. I mean, I went in, obviously my therapist had kind of sent me over. And so he's like, here, take this, like some notes or whatever. And my OB opened it up or whatever and looked at it. And like, she's looking at me like, are you kidding me? Like you're living like this? And I was like, well, Yeah. And so she basically wrote me a prescription and she's like, well, do you need to stay home from work or anything like anything else? And I was like, no. And she wrote me the prescription and sent me on the way on my way. And that was kind of the end of it. She's like, if you don't feel better, you know, I call back or whatever and we can change the dosage. And so I did one a little bit later, but it wasn't anything like driven by them. Like if I hadn't had been seeing this therapist, which 
Like he saved my life because I like without him, I don't think I would have been able to navigate it. And it's just like along with the diabetes stuff where it just depends on if you get a good doctor or not, but they would have just wrote me the prescription and who knows, never seen me again. Mm -hmm. And talking with him, he's like, it actually takes a while for it to kind of like really work and balance everything out. Yeah. Like it's not something you just take for like, you know, two weeks, you feel better and then you get off like, right. And so he recommended doing it for about a year. And he's like, as long as you're feeling better and stuff, then you can kind of go back off of it. And if you don't, or you start going off of it and you don't feel better, then just stay on it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I had been feeling better pretty quickly, but I just kind of stayed on it for that year time frame. Can you um, tell me more about how the talk therapy helped you? Yeah, I think like in the beginning, it was like even just recognizing like, Okay, just because she got a bug bite doesn't mean it's your fault. (laughs) Or even if it for some reason somehow is, or you could have avoided it, like that it didn't have to like spiral quite as far. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't remember exactly what the technique is. It's like eye rapid eye movement therapy. And so it's kind of weird when they have you like watch his finger and they walk you kind of through scenarios, but not like necessarily exactly like your life scenarios but different scenarios and it just helps like process it um they do it for my husband's department especially like if they have like an incident or a trauma or something like that and they can go and do kind of the same thing just to help kind of work through it yeah and so we had done some of that and then part of it was just like one of the days and it was probably the best advice I got was he's like okay if you want parenting information or you need like things or whatever because I think we were getting close to the age we were going to start food and they have like the baby I don't know if you've heard of it baby led weaning and so you give them like more like real foods and just let them figure it out Mm -hmm. and you just like cut it safely rather than baby foods and stuff yeah and I just felt like overwhelmed I'm like well what should we be doing what if she chokes like I was still kind of in that paranoid stage and he's like just go buy baby food. Or if you're like concerned and want, he's like, research the very best parenting book and go buy the parenting book. And when you have questions, only consult that. Don't consult a hundred people online. Yeah. Don't get 15 different um, opinions because you can't pick between them. Cause you, right. you go and right so back he, to Or he's like, or yeah. call your pediatrician and see what they recommend. But like, don't keep searching or looking for more right. possibilities. Uh, and so, just kind of working through that. And then, I mean, I, we ended up doing some stuff to like work through. I never really realized like how much it impacted me that like in the first year of my husband's job, they had lost an officer. And so like, he's like, it's probably kind of stemming a little bit from that, that you just kind of moved on. And now things are kind of bumbly, like bubbling up with everything else going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe it was that your first opportunity in your life to think, oh, wow, people just die surprisingly, like unexpectedly people die. Was that that officer? Was that the first time you experienced something like that? Yeah. And more than that, it was like the fact that it was uh, someone on my husband's same shift. So same squad, there's like six or seven of them. And my husband could have been the one to go to that call just as easily. Yeah. And Like, he was the first one, like, one of the first two people on the scene. And more of it was just, like, I got a text how it went. This is a little bit off topic, but he sent me a text. He lost his phone in the whole thing. So he had sent me a text that said, I'm okay from an unknown number. So, like, that, when I got that, that, like, made me panic for a minute. I'm like, why is, like, a random number sending me I'm okay? And so I responded back and I'm like, who is this? And somebody said, you know, your officer lost his phone. He wanted to make sure you knew it was okay. So like that had happened. I start kind of like panicking a little bit and I'm like looking through online what's going on. Um, Of course, it's on Facebook in the news that there's um, a shootout and two two officers are wounded or down and they the suspect's still inside. And so at this point, I'm just watching the news, getting live updates, and then all of a sudden, it's possibly a third. Well, it's been hours since I had talked to him and gotten that I'm okay message. Mm-hmm. And looking back now, and I wish somebody, when I, he started the job, would have said, you know, the news is a couple hours behind. Because when he finally came home, and I could talk to him, because like he was, 
dealing with the situation and then had to be debriefed and all of this stuff. So, I mean, it took hours before I got a phone call, even that he was coming home. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. And while he knew when he had sent the text, like it was actually over. Me watching the news still fills and sees that it's still happening. I was going to say he's back in the station talking to somebody about what went on and you feel like he's still there. Yeah. And then like, they're still getting updates and now they're saying there's three people. So I'm like, okay, well he was okay two hours ago when there was two people. And now they're saying it's three officers, like what's going on. And so there was just like a lot from that day yeah. and that like not knowing, I think that impacted me more than like, obviously the day of, like I, I was, I knew what had happened, but like it had kind of stuck with me more than I had realized. Sure. When my uh, good friend, uh, a good friend of mine is a police officer and we were really young, like in our early twenties, and a guy he worked with committed suicide. And he was like, I can picture him in my head, even though I didn't know him that well. He was fit and attractive and had been in the military and, you know, seemed like he had it all together. And then one day he just took his own life. And I still worry about my friend. It's like 30 years later, you know, and because I'm like, oh, he, I didn't know. I didn't know he had a job where the suicide rate was different. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. And now I know that. And I, I've never forgotten it. I don't have intrusive thoughts about it, but it is a thing. My point is that it's a thing that is stuck with me and I wasn't dealing with postpartum, you know? And, um, yeah. and, and so I, I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to make sure people understand how it ramps up everything, you, you know, how depression or anxiety can just take, take a one and turn it to a hundred for you. And uh, yeah. yeah, then you get it, caught in the loop and you can't get out of it. And I think that was the hardest part for me is like, I couldn't take that step back and be like, okay, this is like getting to the point where it's getting excessive or like way out of hand. Like this is a bug bite and we'll watch it for an hour. And if for some reason it looks like it's spreading, we'll call the doctor and we'll like address it then. Like that logic just was not there in any sort of way. Yeah. You have it now. Yes, I do have it now. And <laughs> like, it was amazing the difference that the medication did make for me. But like I said, without, I think the combination of finding someone to like, walk me through it and help me figure it all out yeah, in the process, as well as going and getting on the medication. Like, I don't know if I would have ended up in the same place. Yeah. I, I think yeah. all of this is so important, Katie, that I don't know how obvious it is to people who listen to the podcast or not, but almost every day I get contacted by some company who's like, we want to sell our widget or whatever through you. You know, we want to buy an ad. We want you to, uh, you know, tell people about a promo code and, you know, et cetera. And I turn down almost all of it because, well, A, I don't want the podcast to be a billboard and B, like, I don't see the value in it for you. But very recently, I was approached by a company that was representing like an online therapy company. And I said, I'm, I'm going to do that one, you know, because I, I, how many people could use to talk to somebody, but don't know how to get involved in it, find it. How, what if they just don't realize it's a thing they need? And like, that's what I keep hearing with you. Like, I wonder if like, if you were if you were listening to the pregnancy episodes, getting ready to get pregnant and in the middle, it was like, Hey, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by better help. And it's a online therapy thing. Like, I wonder if two weeks into you feeling weird, if you wouldn't have thought, Oh, I wonder if this is something that that would help me with. And because it works that way with other things, you know, when people are MDI and they're like, Oh, I wonder if uh, a pump would help you think, Oh, on the podcast, they talk about Omnipod. And like, there's, a, like, I'm not saying you have to buy an Omnipod, but there's a direction, right? Like a thing I can start with. And, and I don't think people think about therapy at all, honestly. Like, and it's a shame that you have to get into a situation where you're standing in a room thinking, I could just leave and then they'd be okay, which is obviously in no way, shape or form a valid thought, right? Like you leaving your family is not the answer. <laughs> and, and yet there you are and you had to get that far into it. And you had to get to the point where your husband was like, I can take you to the hospital. Like, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, 
that's it's people shouldn't have to get that far into a problem to realize it's a problem or to know that they need to look for help. And anyway, I just think talk therapy is really important for people. I think it is too. And I think the other thing about it is, and I think it's getting better, but like there was just kind of like a stigma about it and that, you know, most people don't need to need to do it for like, unless something's going on. But if I had been more, I think exposed to it or even, you know, heard more about it, but it wasn't something that had been in my life prior. Like no one I, in my family or knew really if they had gone talked about it or mentioned how they did it or anything like that, which yeah. since like everything, I actually had talked to my mother-in-law and she had gone through postpartum depression and stuff too. And, you know, kind of had some similar feelings, but it wasn't like we ever talked about that prior. Mm. It wasn't like a topic that like anybody checked in and was making sure you're okay. Mm. Like, I feel like if maybe that or like understanding that you could just get online and talk to somebody earlier on, it wouldn't have gone so far. Yeah. No. By the time it had, and my husband's like, well, they have like, you know, they'll take you to the hospital and they have like a whole, which he didn't explain it very well in the time, but like a whole unit to help you and like whatever you need type thing. It just made me feel like, well, now you just think I'm a crazy person. Yeah. You thought you were going to go through some double doors. They were going to swing shut and then they'd wrap you up in a sheet real tight. and Nobody'd ever see you again. Like you. Yeah. Were, yeah. I understand. Um, and, but yeah, I think it is super helpful and I wish that it wouldn't have taken me so long to figure that out. Well, but how would you have known? Honestly. Yeah. And now look what you're doing. You're going to lay this thing down here, this recording, and other people will hear it. And then the next person who thinks, oh, I'm you know, going to listen to that pregnancy series from that podcast. And then this starts to happen to them. They'll think, I, I could go talk to a therapist. They, and here's why a therapist is important. It's not, it's, it's an impartial third party. That's what's important. It's someone, because you say, well, why can't I just talk to my husband? Or why can't I just talk to my mom? Because when that happens, you're already in a state and you're not as clear headed as you want to be. And then a person who you have relationships with and sometimes beef with, do you know what I mean? Like you've been, how many, how many times you have you been at odds with your mother? And so in that moment, you don't need the face of your mom standing in front of you going, Hey, you know what I think is happening? You're, you seem depressed because you might not take that well from a person who is who is that close to you. I know that sounds crazy, but I think that's true. Like, like here, here's a, a an exploded example. If your girls grow up to play soccer, here's my advice. Tell your husband not to coach the team. They'll be more successful in soccer if he's the coach. Um, but it's a difficult thing to be in another scenario being told what to do by your father. It just doesn't work. I've never once successfully seen a man walk to a pitcher's mound to talk to his own son. It doesn't go well. It, you know, and so, you know, it doesn't mean you don't need the conversation. You just don't need it from somebody who you have other history with. And so that's why I think therapy is really important. But again, let's get to it before the wheels are off and the engine's on fire. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think... Like in leading up to like actually getting into therapy and like agreeing to going and not completely backing out and wanting to, but like my husband knew what was going on. I talked to him and like, that's how we figured out to set it up. But like he was there and like would like be willing to talk, but I'm like, I don't know what to say to you. Like, this is how I felt. And this is how like it feels overwhelming, but he was had no idea how to help me or what to say. And more than that, then it just made him. Like I would be telling him these things and like, he's just scared to death and like panicking and doesn't know what to do. And so while talking about it in general is great, it really makes a difference to have somebody that like actually can have input or advice to like take that next step or even adjust like how you're looking at it. And when like my husband, who's so close and into it, all he can see is like panic. I just need to fix something. So like, this doesn't get worse. Right. I, I mean, how many people have you heard come on this podcast and at the end of it, they joke, they're like, can I send you a copay? Why? Because we had a conversation. I listened to them. I said, oh, I know how you feel. That's happened to me. And they go, oh, it has. And then that feels good. You're like, oh, it happens to other people too. And then you have 
you know, you have a place to work from all of a sudden. Um, yep. it's, it's not because I'm some, like, it's not because I could be a therapist. I'm, I don't know what the hell a therapist does. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, I don't have any, I don't have any training in that. It's just a conversation and it, it's just, I don't know, it's very helpful. So, um, I have other questions. Okay. How do you, after going through all of this, think to yourself, you know what we should do? Why don't we have another baby? <laughs> like that, that's like, how do you? put yourself potentially back into that situation again? Um, I was nervous um, kind of when we first started thinking about it. I mean, I knew I've always wanted like two kids. Like I didn't, my husband comes from a family of five kids. I was like, I don't think we're going to go that far. <laughs> Maybe we'll try two or three. So like, I always knew I wanted another kid, but it was hard. But I, at the same time I had come so far like even when we, I saw this like notification pop up and I kind of had forgotten completely since it's been so long and I kind of just moved past it and then kind of just started living life again. Mm-hmm. And so like even starting to think about it before this, I was like, you know, what were even the time frames and trying to like think about it. And that's kind of why it hit me so hard this morning, even because I just haven't like thought about it that much. And so, I mean, it crossed my mind, but at the same time, one of the last times I had seen like the therapist and stuff, he's like, you know, take it for a year. If you start to go off of it and you don't feel better or it feels worse, like either slow down how you like go off of it or just stay on it for longer. Like that's fine too. And he's like, and then the next, if you have another kid and you're, you get home and start feeling this way, call your doctor and just get on the same medication and just start early and you know what to look for and how to deal with it. And I think that was what I took comfort in when we were going to start trying for our second, because I have some sort of like understanding of it now, first of all, that it could even happen Mm -hmm. three to six months after I have the baby or two weeks after, and that I can just go to my doctor and say, look, things are not right. And this is what I need to be on. And this is what I need to do. And have at least those steps to start Good for you. getting better before I get to where I was before. Yeah, preparation, right? Knowing what to look for and 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 having the the experience that will let you pull, you know, turn the switch right away. Like, okay, I see this coming. Boom. Like, do something. Not just like, oh, it'll be all right. Or I could probably get through it. Or like, like say something right away. And that right. way, that way, you've got your husband then, who's kind of like able to watch as well, and your mom and other people in your life who could say, "Oh, you know, we've noticed this is happening, and you told us to look out for this." And that way, it feels like it's your decision, like they're the one telling you, "Hey, I'm noticing the thing," but you're the one that said, "Let me know if you notice this." And I think that's, I think that would be really helpful. And I mean, is there a situation? I don't know. Did the doctor tell you it's possible it just doesn't happen? Yeah, and one. Honestly, the doctor really didn't do anything but write me the first prescription. And since then, I've changed um, OBs and realized that the one I had wasn't necessarily bad, but was definitely not really helping me (laughs) through my whole last pregnancy or any time after. But when I was talking with my therapist and stuff, he was like, there's no guarantee it would happen again. And it could start slow or it could be like, you know, just feeling like it hits all at once and who knows the time frame, but. As soon as it does, you know, Mm. ask for help or go to the OB and ask. And I feel like that is honestly the reason I even messaged you in the first place is because if someone would have told me, just like if someone, like when I first got diagnosed, I had listened, started, I found your podcast really early. And so I knew to ask for a Dexcom instead of just letting them like stick me on the Libre. Okay. And so like knowing that I could just go in and ask or be like, you know, is this normal that I didn't need to wait for them to be like, oh, is something seeming a little little bit off? Because you come home with a brand new baby, everything is off. And by six weeks, when you go in for your follow-up, everything is still a mess. But like nobody said, you know, like if things don't get better or if things change or you're not feeling yourself in six months, like call us and come back in and we can figure it out and take a look at things. Mm -hmm. I didn't even like think that was an option or a thing that people did yeah nothing's right after you have a baby like nothing did you you give birth naturally or did you have a c-section i did i got induced and so i ended up 
going in, it was like, we had her the next day. So 24 hours roughly. So, and then I ended up having stitches that came out like a week and a half later. Mm. So then, and they were like, well, we won't re-stitch you. You'll just go follow up with your OB. And I was like, oh, great. And they're like, just try not to move around. I'm like, okay. That's all I'll do. I just won't move around. Thanks. I won't move around now that my husband's going back to work and I have a newborn. (laughs) And so, you know what I mean? Like, you're just surviving. And so, like, you go to the doctor and they're like, how are things going? And you're like, well, we're all still alive and I'm here. So, we're good. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) No one tells you you're going to be wearing a diaper. There's a lot of stuff that happens that you're just like, wait, it's just all so new and and ridiculous like almost do you know what i mean like it just you're like why is this happening why is that happening why do my boobs feel this way why like you know like it's just everything's different all of a sudden and on top of that someone handed you a little bag of jelly and if you drop it it pops so you're like oh god you you know just it's too much and then your husband goes back to work you know most other countries you get a lot of time off after you have a baby and and here it's what your husband do skip a shift too he actually just took vacation, so he took two weeks off. So I mean, we were the we were home for the first two weeks, which was great, especially because yeah, like I said, my stitches came out, and I was literally like couldn't move without mm-hmm. like being in so much pain. And so um, he was home for about two weeks. But love my husband, but he was not like I love newborns and the snuggling and like stuff. And he's like, well, she doesn't want to play or do anything, so he was less involved in the newborn stage. Um, and so it was more like on me cause I did want to snuggle and just like love on her, but right. And he didn't know, obviously like he was the same way as you were. And we both were, you know, yeah. well, did <laughs> they you- literally check her out and they hand her back and they're like, okay, we'll come back and check in an hour after you fed her. And I was like, and how do I do that? <laughs> and <laughs> did he- wait, wait, what? Did he do the things like, um, did he like work on the house or go outside or try to clean the cars he- up, like that kind of stuff? Completely. Took apart his car and added stuff and cleaned every nook and cranny basically in his two weeks off. And he, he was around like if I needed something, but like he just didn't know what to do with her being so small. Yeah. Katie, I um, unfairly know who you are through the Facebook group. And this is all like like multiplied for me by the fact that you appear to be like 15 years old. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like you have. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. Like, when you were talking earlier, I was like, oh, God, like, you just, I mean, honestly, a photo, how old are you? I am 26. You have no trouble passing for, like, 19, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, it, it made it even more difficult, like, for me to, like, listen to you. And you're doing such an amazing, like, really sincerely, I'm not, I, I'm not, um, patronizing you, but, like, you're doing a really good job of describing this. And it's not that I didn't expect you to. But I have had people on your age and a little younger, and I'm like, oh, they're not good at telling their story, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and, uh, but and I have to pull it out of you, pull it out of them. But I feel like I could have started this and said, hey, Katie, so tell me about your postpartum, and I could have left. And you you did such a good job of talking about it. Uh, because of that, I want to ask you if there's anything that I didn't ask you or directions we didn't go that we should have, things that you want people to know. Um, I think the biggest thing, which I'll be honest, like I didn't even, when this finally, when you first asked me, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then part of me was like, I just wish somebody would have told me. So, cause I am not like a extrovert. Like I would just stay at home and never talk to people. I work from home kind of like, you know, Mm -hmm. in my bubble. And so yesterday I told my husband, I was like, you know, when you sign up for something and then you're like, oh, I got to do it. I was having that feeling that night. And just because I, that's just not my personality, but I was like, you know what, this is something that if it helps anybody not have to go through what I go through, just because they know they can ask for help or that they can go to a therapist or say, you know, something's not right, then it'll be worth it. So I just, that's why I wanted my, to say what I had to say or just make it known. Um, I guess the only thing is, is like during the time, like I was trying to get it all figured out, like my blood sugars fell apart completely. I didn't pay any attention and I was just like trying to survive. And so I had worked with Jenny and in my head, like I was still like overthinking everything. And I finally just got to the point where I was like, you know, I wasn't paying her anymore because we did the nine months. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to like message her and see if she'll help me. Mm -hmm. And because I just, I needed to start over like 
you know, when your settings are just like so far gone that like nothing's working anymore. Yep. So I sent her a message and I was just like, Hey, I ended up, you know, delivered. I mean, cause this is like six months later. I mean, it's a long time since I'd even talked to her. Right. And I was like, you know, this is what happened. I ended up getting the postpartum depression and my settings are awful. And I am just trying to like get my life back on track. Can you just take one last look at my Dexcom and my numbers and maybe like start me out better? Cause I also didn't have the best endo at the time. Mm-hmm. They just kind of looked at my A1Cs and they're like, yeah, your A1C is good. So, you know, mm. maybe we can back off your insulin if you get too low. But that was like the extent of an appointment. And so even like that was a huge step for me to like actually ask Jenny for help, even though like I knew I wasn't paying for it or like that she didn't wasn't obligated to help me. Right. And it was as simple as I sent her an email and she's like, of course, let me see what it is. And she's like, I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. Like, I would love to help you get back on track. And it was something so simple, but even the thought of like asking for that kind of help felt, I don't know, like I just like I had felt kind of through everything. Like I wasn't living up to like what I was supposed to be or the expectations or my role. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, wanted people to know that if it does happen, it can happen six months later, which is not apparently that uncommon No, if no one tells you and there is help. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad you reached back to Jenny, too. She's beautiful. Um, yeah, she's amazing. I, I'm just going to add here, because I'm old, that um probably going to reiterate something I said earlier, but maybe expand on a little bit. There are no rules about life. There are no rules about how you raise your kid, about what your house looks like, about what job you have, how much money you make or don't make, you know, if you live in your bubble or go outside of it. Like there's just, there's no, there shouldn't be an expectation other than the one you set for yourself. And I know that everybody sees outside influences and thinks, well, that's, uh, that's attainable. That person did this. I can do that. I want that. I, I'm at a point in my life where I believe all the hippie stuff that I thought again when I was 20. Do you know what I mean? Like where I'm like, none of this matters. It's about family and love and, and all that stuff. And then you get caught because you're like, oh, I made a baby. The baby needs a shirt. The baby's going to need a shoe. Might need two of those shoes. How am I going to pay for those? We're going to drive somewhere. I want to drive somewhere in a safe car. I want to, uh, you know, make sure they go to college. I want to make sure that they're okay. Like you start having all these things that you think you need to do. And it, it just, it's not really so. Like it's all sort of an illusion, Katie. Like really, you just, you just wake up and live and make, really make, is. make good decisions. And then mainly good things happen. And when bad things happen, keep making good decisions and it turns around. And if it doesn't, ask someone for help because it's not easy. It, it, that really, but to have an expectation constantly that the thing you have, that the life you're living is not enough, that there's more or better, that's a fallacy. Like that's that's not true. Like that's you setting goals you can't find. And I know that's not specifically what happened to you, but I think that maybe it's good for people to hear in this context that you can't really do much wrong. You, you know, don't hit people. Don't scream at them there. You, you know what I mean? Have good intentions. A- actually try. And, uh, and the rest sort of works itself out. And, you know, that, that makes me calm. Just the knowledge of, uh, I think of things backwards sometimes, but I'm, I always think like, well, we're all going to be dead in the end anyway. Like, like, you know, like, so why don't I be happy today while I'm living? It's all about now, honestly. Um, I don't know. I, I hope that's of value to people when they're listening. Um, you were really terrific. I can't thank you enough for doing this. I know you didn't want to, so I doubly appreciate it. Yeah. I'm glad we finally got to it. Yeah. Cause oh. we had it on the books once and my whole family ended up sick that morning and you're like, well, it'll be like eight months before we can get on again. So I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> well, this I'm time. sticking it right on the air. You don't, you shouldn't have to wait any longer. Uh, but even this morning you were like a few minutes behind at start time. And I'm like, is this girl not going to come again? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. So, <laughs> my computer just did not want to open the link. I had to like 
<laughs> go and get the Zoom ID separately and paste it in. Because if I click the link, my computer just started. I had the spinning rainbow wheel of death that I, never goes away. I never gave up on you. It was only four minutes, but I didn't give up, just so you know. <laughs> four minutes that in early in the morning is a big ask. Oh, I, you know what the first thought is? is? Is Did I get up and get moving this early for nothing? <laughs> That's like, that's, and then I go, oh, I'll just edit all day. That's good. It'll make time for me. And, um, but then there you were. And I was pretty thrilled. Uh, I'm going to let you go and say thank you, but I want to ask you a question when we get off. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Of course. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G O N dot com forward slash juice box. And of course, I want to thank Katie for how brave she was today. It cannot be easy to come forward and share stories like this. If you're looking for a community around diabetes, Check out Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. It's a private group with nearly 40,000 people in it. Type 1s, Type 2s, LADA. You have questions about pregnancy, anything. Those people are wonderful. T1DExchange.org forward slash Juicebox. Don't forget that one. Go fill out the survey. If you're looking for a list of other pregnancy-based episodes, we have them. In the private Facebook group, you just go to the Feature tab. Or you can go to juiceboxpodcast.com, find a whole list of them there, and then, I don't know, listen to them there if you want online, or go back into your podcast app and then search for those episodes. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.